welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I want to talk to you today about dads don't have to be famous to be great. Dads don't have to be famous to be great. Uh, I have uh, the main idea. What I want to leave with you today is in a world of crisis. And how many think we're in crisis in the United States? In a world of crisis, and it's not only the United States, it's around the world, great fathers make a world of difference, and our Heavenly Father shows us how. He's not left us without a playbook, and we're going to look at that today. I happen to have a great father. A lot of you know that he's going to be 90 uh, later on this summer. I spoke with him today. I said, Dad, how are you doing? He said, I'm just getting ready to preach. Now, how about that? 90 years old, preaching at the 9 o'clock service today, and uh, I said, Dad, I just want you to know how much we, we appreciate you. We love you, and it, I've just, he's always been there in my life. And uh, where, whatever I did, he supported me in. And he was, he was my number one fan. He was also, he wasn't always a fan, though. It wasn't all, uh, you know, uh, uh, lemonade and popcorn. Let me put it that way. One of the longest days of my life was I was a kid at 15. And my dad, uh, he's been a pastor all of his life, but he also was a carpenter. And we were shut in a small room of 10 by 10 to do, put paneling on the wall. How many remember the days of paneling in the early 70s? You know what, Every, everything was dark, and then it went to oak, you know, and get the matching nails. And my dad and I were in the dress factory doing the office in northeastern Pennsylvania, and they literally piled, piled uh, boxes against the door so that we couldn't get out, right? It wasn't so we couldn't get out, there's just no space. And once we were finished for the day, then they'd take the boxes away. That is one of the longest days of my life. I was convinced at 15 that my dad was, was impatient. He was irrational. He didn't know what he was doing. And if only would listen to me, you know, everything would go swimmingly. Now, I had no idea which, even what end of the hammer to hold, but that didn't make any difference. And... and uh, but Dad has been such a great presence in my life. Never famous, not many people know him, Ernie Drost, but great, a great dad. When I was 12 years old, 11 or 12 years old, there was a, there was a boxer that emerged on the scene, uh, Cassius Clay, who later became uh, Muhammad Ali. And he was so charismatic. And uh, I was just smitten with him, just... But then uh, some of the brash things he said, and the, there was an arrogance about him and that it was so different than what I'd seen in my father, who was a godly, humble person and solid and faithful to my mom and to us kids. And so at 11 or 12 years old, I decided in my sort of warped perspective if only my father could get in the ring with Muhammad Ali, he would beat him and show him who was boss. 
Well, my dad was 5'11 and maybe 190 pounds, and Muhammad Ali was 6'3, he was about 220 in his prime, had the fastest hands, they say, in the history of boxing. Some say he could have been the greatest person ever. And I think it was a good idea that my dad never stepped in the ring with Muhammad Ali. But in my eyes, even though the boxer was famous, when push came to shove, what really attracted my heart was the, that my dad was a great dad who loved me, who loved God, who loved his wife, who loved the church. And that's where I decided I was going to put my anchor down with my dad. So dads, you don't have to be famous to be great. And we all have an opportunity to really make a difference in this world in which we live. Now, some of you might be here. You say, well, Pastor Paul, I don't have a father. Or the father of your children is absent or toxic. God wants us to know, though. He said, I will be a father to the fatherless. He will help you today. You might find yourself in a situation as a single mom. Or you might find yourself in the situation as grandparents where you've got to raise your kids, your grandkids. You might find yourself as a foster parent or a guardian, but the Lord will help you fill the gap. Can someone say praise God? Praise the Lord. That's what he does. He comes alongside of us. So uh, if you've had a great dad in your life, uh, would you just say yes or comment in, in, if you're on live stream today, Facebook or the website, toot your horn, you can stand up, whatever you want to do. If you've had a great dad, just do that right now. Let's celebrate dads again. All right. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know what it's like to have a great dad, but all of us, all of us are affected in our country presently by a crisis of a lack of great fathers. I believe, I believe that dads are so important, courageous, godly, bold dads are so important. And when there's an absence, that what we see today, much of the confusion, much of the divisions, much of the anger is because of the absence of great fathers in the home or the presence of abusive fathers. I was, as I was researching this, I was really, uh, something caught my eye. Uh, President Barack Obama, who was a senator in 2008, spoke at a church in Chicago. And he said this. He said, the absence of fathers is important because children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to experience poverty and commit crimes. They are nine times more likely to drop out of school and 20 times more likely to be convicted and go to prison. Uh, who, president, he later went on to be the two-term president of the United States. I thought, what an observation. And this was an individual who who grew up without a dad, but, but he really made something of himself. I want to encourage you this way. Not having a father is not the end of the world. 
the Lord can make a difference. And I've seen this church over and over that in the community of faith, the church, when you're faithful to the house of the Lord, if you're not the dad, you might be the grandparent, you might be a single mom, you might be a a guardian, the foster parent, whoever it is, as we bring our children to the house of the Lord and good people that love God minister to their lives, it makes all the difference in the world. This is what God's Word says about being a great dad. God's Word says in Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, and let's follow along with this. These are the last words in the Old Testament. You can look them up. The last words. It's like the last things that God wanted His people to hear were this. He said, Behold, I am going to send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. The first thing I want to share with you is this. The main idea, once again, is that great fathers make a world of difference and that you don't have to be famous to be great. Number one is to teach your children. They asked Jesus what was the most important law or commandment. Matthew chapter 22, 37 to 40. This is God's word, the Bible. It's ancient literature. Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and the foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophet. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to give you a a few things, and it's going to spell J-O-Y. Does anyone want to guess what I'm going to talk about for a few minutes? Yeah, you'll hear it. This this past week, we had the... um, have have the, 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 the privilege, let me put it that way, to be at the viewing for uh, twin sister's father who passed away. And I had called uh, one, of the, one of the adult women. They both attend the church here, great families, great children, just great dads. But I'll never forget what the one sister said to me. She said, Pastor Paul, she said, we were, I was so close to my dad, but the one thing he left me, he taught me to love God. He taught me to love God. Dads, you don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to be Jesus himself to teach your children to love God. And so, the first thing is to love Jesus. Love God with all your being. Say, Pastor Paul, well, how do I do that? I'll, I'll just encourage you a few ways. You can pray with your children. Uh, one of the memories I have is that, that we tried every night to have a family meal together and my dad led in family devotions. And I can't remember anything that he said during family devotions 
But I remember two things. He would line us all up on the couch, and we're wiggly, squiggly kids. And they'd pray for this one, they'd pray for that one, and then we'd always say the Lord's Prayer together. And he was, they brought us to the house of God. They loved God. They were all in. That's how we do it. I don't have, no one has to give us a playbook when we fall in love with that young woman that we want to marry. And some of you are going through that right now, all right? Or you, how many remember, let's put it, how many remember when you fell in love with that lovely bride at your side? Let's, is there a, yeah, toot or something? Guys, come on, you need to get excited right now, all right? But there was no playbook. You, so when you say, Pastor Paul, how do I, listen, I don't think you really need a playbook to know what being in love means, but teach, let's teach our kids to love Jesus with all of our hearts. Others, love others, love your neighbor, simple things, reach out to them, and then you, teach your children to respect themselves, to respect and honor, and this brings about an emotional health and a, and a stability that begins when we respect others, we respect God, and we respect authority. Right now, just hear me right now. You say, Pastor, sometimes you go to meddling, go to preaching. That's okay. They pay me to do this. No one's going to grab the microphone from me. We suffer from a huge lack and a disrespect for authority in our country right now. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to agree with me. I see it. It's all around me. That's why we need the church to be strong but you can make a difference where you are in your home. Someone has said this, that, that the, home is, is the home is the schoolroom of the community, and the community forms the nation. But it begins with respect for others' authority, property, time, and this soil produces a bountiful harvest in the lives of our children and it allows things to go well with them. Teaching your children will bring great joy to them and also bring great joy to you. The next thing I want to share with you is this. Our Heavenly Father shows us the way. Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 16. Listen to this. You have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. So God has delivered us. As we put our trust in the Lord, we no longer have a spirit of slavery that leads to fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Courageous, godly fathering brings freedom, and security, and it maximizes the potential of your children. Now, I want to share, there's eight, eight characteristics of God, and you can, you can take these down, or we can send them to you. But in the Old Testament, there's Hebrew names for God. And these are names that, it's sort of like a, like a, a diamond, the facets of God or a barrel with eight staves around them. And 
God is perfect. He's the only one that is perfect. And all of us fall short. But when we look at how our Heavenly Father fathers us, it shows us what we can do to bring great joy to our homes and to our children and leave them a legacy. The first is His presence. And, and I'm going to, I'll say the Hebrew names. It's not because I'm a Hebrew scholar, but some of you like to write these things down. He's Jehovah Shammah. That means His presence is with us. I want to quote President Obama again. He said, What makes you a man is not the ability to have a child. It's the courage to be present and raise one. Did someone say amen? Yes. Presence. There. Be there. You say, Pastor Paul, why are you quoting from President Obama? I would say, I hope you're praying for him when he was president. You say, well, I, I, I don't agree with him. That doesn't have anything to do with whether we're called to pray for our leaders. You might not agree with Donald Trump, but do you know as a believer you're called to pray for him? Or, can someone say amen or get excited? Come on, all you Christians, all right, yes. Do you know that you're called to pray for Nancy Pelosi? Do you know that? You say, oh my goodness, no, not me. I, you know, no, 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 no. You know why you're to pray for them? Do you know the prayer of a righteous person has great effects? I would rather have the Lord dealing with someone that I don't agree with than withhold my prayers and they can just go on the way they work. Can someone say amen? Yes. So being present in the life of our children. The second thing is Jehovah Tzidkatu. Tzidkatu. He's our righteousness and our values. One of the, I believe this, that for the head of household, we're talking about dads today, one of the most important roles that God has called us to is to establish the values in our family. And dads, I want to encourage you, you take the lead. Don't do this and put your finger up in the air and say, well, what do you all want to do when it comes to serving God? No, you serve God. Is there an amen? You serve God. You lead them. This is what we're going to do as a family. If you don't like it, get it, go to college or get a job. You're welcome to do what you want, but we just want you to, we want you to serve the Lord, and I'm going to love you while we're doing this. But we establish values in our home because we love them and we love the Lord. And then Jehovah Makedesh, he's our sanctifier or our discipliner. Taking the lead in discipline. And that says, that reinforces what's right, what's wrong, how we do things around here. Jehovah Rohi, he is our shepherd. That you lead through the wilderness. And when the things get tough, they can look to you and say, well, dad is going to, dad is faithful. I might have disagreed with him when I was 15 years old, locked in that room 10 by 10, and I forgot. I thought he was great when I was 11 or 12, and by 15, I thought, I didn't think he was great anymore. But now I know that I can follow him because of his faithfulness to the Lord. Our provider, providing is security. 
And I, I just want to speak this morning to those that are unemployed. Just please know that I'm praying for you. And when we're not able to provide, because I've been in that situation, you begin to doubt a lot of things. You begin to doubt if you'll ever have a good job again. You'll be, you begin to doubt yourself. Listen, that's the enemy that comes. The Lord is our provider. And I believe that God will help us and you will be able to provide once again for your family. Jehovah Jireh is our provider. Jehovah Rophe, he's our healer. That you and I are a healing force in our families, our home, rather than a dividing force. That Jehovah Nissa is our banner and our protector. In the Old Testament, when they had a battle, and you might have seen this in some of the Middle Evil, um, the, the Middle Age movies, they would have the colors or the coat of arms. How many of you you remember that? And they'd go to battle. Remember that? And they'd put that staff down like that or the stars and stripes, or whatever flag it is, that says, this is where we are. And the Lord calls us as a privilege to say, we're the fathers here, and this is where we stand, and I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do everything within my power. This is, this, you're my family, and I love you, and I'm going to give myself up for you, just like Jesus gave himself up for us. Friends, the Lord blesses that type of fatherhood. And then Jehovah Shalom, He's our peace, that you bring peace and rest to your household. I want to close with this. I want to have the musicians come, if you would, right now. God's blessings on your family. Psalm 128, 5 and 6. The Lord bless you from Zion. And may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. I mentioned to you we began a, a, a few days on family vacation. And uh, they're reaching a point right now. And we sat back. And just watched them last night. And uh, now it's only day one. So I understand this. We don't know what day three or four is going to bring. But there's been no squabbling. Uh, they've invited me to play a game with them last night. Uh, ping pong. I'm telling you, I might have could have played it once. But I am rusty. And my 13-year-old daughter took it to me. So I had to do another game. We did one. She said, Papa's that all? No. I said, I'll play another game. And so now it was like 11-7. And I said, let's play one more game. I thought I was getting better. She drubbed me. He just drubbed me. But it's so good to see our children's children start to emerge. How many know what I'm talking about? You put in a lot of hard work. Dads, it's worth it. You don't have to be famous to be great, but great work, great faithfulness, great love, great giving of yourself really, really, really makes a difference. And the Lord said this, that you may see your children's children. And we go through some rough patches as families, but I want to encourage you, Dad, you just hang on there. 
You just keep doing what you know is right. You just keep planting, whether it rains, whether it shines, it doesn't make any difference. Or you're the head of a household. You just keep doing those things that are right. And God's Word says one day your children are going to rise up and call you blessed. They won't depart from you. They're going to come back. They're going to remember what you did. Your prayers make a difference. They soften the hearts of our kids. Sometimes we don't see it right away, and it can take years and years and years and years. But I am hanging on and clinging to the promise of God's Word. How about you? I'm not going to go into despair because the Lord has promised to help you. And I want to pray a blessing for you in just a moment. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me. First of all, as I, I'm going to pray with you, but, but I wonder today how many are here, you say, Pastor Paul, I just needed to hear God's Word. I just need to hear God's Word today. And you would nod your head, you would raise your hand. If you're online, you can say, yes, I just needed to hear that today. Or perhaps you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You'd say, Pastor Paul, how can I be a great dad? Or how can I be a great son or daughter? How can I be a great leader? The first thing, the first step is to take the first step towards him and simply say, Lord, I invite you to come into my heart. I ask you, Lord, to help me just fall in love with you. And Lord, so that I could be used by you and I could make a difference in this world. I'm going to pray right now for you. And then da- Pastor Daniel's going to come and lead us. And then after, after he is finished, we're going to have prayer teams. We have some right up here and they're right here. Today, if you want prayer, you said, I, I just need the Lord. I need God to do something in my life. Or I'm walking through a time right now and I just need to know that, that God loves me and there's someone else that will take time. They'll pray with me. And know this, as someone prays for you, it'll strengthen you and God can meet you as you reach out to him in prayer. Would you bow your head? Heavenly Father, in the strong name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. God, that you are our Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, that you show us the way. We thank you for your word, the Bible that instructs us and brings hope. And I pray for dads. I pray for heads of households. We thank you, Lord, for everyone that is coming to the Lord today, that you meet us at our point of need. And Lord, we pray for each one that's responsible. And we do thank you that while we all are not famous, we all can be great and make a great difference. In Jesus' strong name, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. I love you. And um, it's so good. After just a few minutes, uh, as we're dismissed, you make sure, just hang around as long as you want. But make sure, dads, that you get the handout we have for you. And if you want prayer, just come right over here, right over there to my left, and then my left and my right. They'll come as Daniel's leading us in song. God bless you.